Welcome to Volunteer Connection, a podcast for Girl Scout volunteers, parents, and Girl Scouts of all ages. I'm your host, Sarah, coming to you from sunny Arizona. This is the first ever podcast of its kind. We're bringing you interviews with Girl Scout volunteers from across the country and even the world conversations with high-achieving girls who set big goals and crushed them, and panel discussions and debates about the latest news and information related to girls and Girl Scouting. Okay, Marana, we are recording. Okay, Sarah. (laughs) All right, so why don't we start with an introduction, your name, your location, the council you're most closely affiliated with, And how would you describe your current role or involvement with Girl Scouts? Okay, my name is Marana Cataret. I am a lifetime member with Citrus Council of Florida. Even though I live in a different council, I do all my work with Citrus currently. Um, I am an artist, an archivist, and a historian. Uh, Not necessarily in that order, depends on the day. And... I also um, I have a very extensive collection, which I maintain as a Facebook page to be a sort of online answer and museum for people who can't get to uh, council collections or may not have one. That's really cool. How long have you been involved with Girl Scouts? About 35 years. Wow. And how many girl years? Two. What does Girl Scouts mean to you? I, I really do like it that it is a place for girls for females of all ages i like it's kind of a safe zone because sometimes it's just nice to keep the testosterone out of the way and be able to move on so i guess um and i love i love what girl scouts started and how it's continued how it's meant to be a place to and i hate to use buzzwords but empower girls and women to reach out and do more than maybe they think they can do. So what made you decide to get involved in Girl Scout history? Um, it crept up on me. I, I started when I was a junior leader. Um, my girls, like all girls, weren't too keen on their current uniform. And I was buying stuff at Goodwill. Back then you could get uniform components for like $1.75 at Goodwill. So I was outfitting my troop. Wow. And I found old Girl Scout uniforms there for $1.75, which I could afford on my budget back then. So I started getting them to show my girls. And um, then my mother-in-law said, oh, you have old uniforms, would you like mine? And the next thing, and then I had a couple of Rubbermaid boxes and, you know, thought, okay, this is cool. And my daughter graduated from high school and I thought, I'm done with Girl Scouts. And here's where the artist part came in. I was doing a series of watercolors based on, they were kind of like a crazy quilt. So each section had a different picture and I was looking for a theme for my fourth one. I decided to use my Girl Scout collection and I notified GSUSA that I had done it and sent them a picture because I do that whenever I have artwork that relates to somebody and they said, how would you like to have an official poster? So I got back into Girl Scouts and then my husband got a job in Savannah and so I ended up as an archivist and docent at First Headquarters. Wow. So that's what brought me back into Girl Scouts and into the history. On the note of history, what is your favorite Girl Scout tradition, past or present, or both, and why? I like the concept of make new friends but keep the old. I like the idea of trying to reach across generations. I think we're sad, and that's probably why I like the history, 
is when the girls don't realize that um, they have an automatic link to adults, to women that can help them in their lives. Mm-hmm. And Girl Scouts is it. You say you're a Girl Scout and bingo, you've got an in. What is one of the most interesting stories you've read or learned about in Girl Scout history? <laughs> uh, there, there really is so many. I, I love most of the stories about Juliet Lowe because she was a real character. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, but I mean, you can just read Stacey Corduroy's book and she's got them all there. I, it, I really don't know. This is just too many. You'd have to go read the books. Why do you think it's important to preserve Girl Scout history? Oh, it's so important to preserve any history. Uh, but what I like to explain to girls is Girl Scout history is women's and girls' history for the past hundred years. When we go to school and we get history, we tend to get men, blah, 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 went off to war, blah, 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 and a little bit of Rosie the Riveter, and that's about it. Girl Scout history, I saw literally thousands of girls from all over the place coming to first headquarters. And these girls, some of them were like, oh, they dragged me on a trip to Savannah. When they saw the old Girl Scout artifacts, they said, oh my God, they made cameras, they had dolls, they had bracelets, they had... I mean, it wakes them up because they could see an actual thing that people touched. Yeah. And they could relate to this and suddenly, it, and then you could look at the old uniforms and, you know, be going, oh my God, who would wear this stuff, you know? Yeah. Nothing like sitting in a room full of girls in short shorts and halter tops looking at the 1920s uniform with the bloomers and the khaki and the hat and the long sleeves. Yeah. It's just a really eye opener. Yes, girls you've come a long way baby moment. (laughs) Why should girls and current volunteers care about the history of Girl Scouting? Because it gives them an idea of, well, twofold. One of the things is a lot of leaders are looking for things to do. And the old handbooks are a huge resource of different projects that they can use, things that have worked in the past, old camping things, uh, different games they've played. So, and they're cheap. Old handbooks, five bucks, you're great. And they're a great resource. But as far as the history goes, again, it's just a great way to show girls that a connection, Uh a connection with your mom, with your aunt, with your cousins, with your great grandmother, with all of these people, you know, you're not alone. I know you mentioned this kind of briefly. What is your favorite Juliet Lowe story? Well, I mean, the one I usually end up telling girls about is the one where she was driving her car and she drove into somebody's house. Uh, I mean, and, and her thing was, she wasn't the best of drivers, so if she was over in America, she told everyone she was a terrible driver because she was used to driving in England on the other side of the road, and if she was over in England, she told them it was used because she was American. Uh, perfect. So, I mean, I, I like the story of where she was driving down the road, got distracted somehow, jumped the curb, and ended up in dining room of somebody's house, and they were eating supper. So she calls her brother, who was a lawyer, and says, hey, um, I, I just drove into so-and-so's house. They were having dinner. Could you please take care of this? You know, you've got to, we've got to have repairs. We've got to pay for it. You know, whatever you've got to do to make this right for him. And he says, well, did you, first thing a lawyer says, even back then, did you say anything to them? And she says, of course not. They were eating dinner. That would have been rude. I'm thinking somebody drives into your house and then just puts it in reverse and goes away. Why is that story in particular one that you like to share with girls? What do you think it says about Juliet? 
it, it, it says her daring because she was driving a car in that time period where they didn't. Um, it, it does say how she still was trying to have proper manners and follow the norms to an extent. Mm-hmm. And that she took responsibility. She went right home, got her brother to clean it up and make sure they get paid to have the house fixed. So she kind of, you know, she, she would do crazy things, but she'd try to make them right afterwards. So I think that's cool. And it's a yeah. great, I love that story when I'm talking to senior and ambassador level Girl Scouts that are learning to drive and probably struggling with it a little. It's a great story yeah. for that age group. Well, and, and also don't give up. Don't think, oh, because I'm in fifth grade, I haven't done anything. Don't think because I'm 20, I haven't done anything. She didn't do something successful till she was in her 50s. You know, I mean, yeah. really, you know, that's the thing is, is you got to keep going. You never know when something interesting and magical could happen in your life. So what is one of your um, standout memories from when you were a girl in Girl Scouts? Um, I have a couple because I was a brownie for two years back then. There was no selling cookies when I was a brownie. And um, the first place I went to was in a school right behind, not far from my parents' house. And it wasn't a school I went to. And I remember making Chinese paper lanterns and sitting on the floor and doing that. Why that struck me, I don't know. And I do remember making sit-upons. The second memory I have is the second year we were at somebody's house. And it was, to me, a very fancy house. It mm-hmm. was an A-frame chalet type place, which was, you know, not a normal house. And I just remember feeling like, every time I went there, like kind of wide-eyed and looking around going, wow, this is so cool. What is something that you wish more people knew about Girl Scouts? Obvious one. We're not just cookies. My problem is we do so, girls do so much. They, mm-hmm. And they really do. They don't get the credit for it. And part of them is that we're supposed to be a uniformed organization. They're not in uniforms. So, so boys are out in uniform. Girls are not. Who makes the newspaper? I guess I, I just want and love to see more coverage mm-hmm. of what the girls are doing other than, oh my God, they're selling cookies again, you know? Yeah. So do you have advice at all? Because I love the fact that when you made this art piece, you went to USA and said, by the way, I did this. So do you have advice for volunteers who might be listening about how do they tell their story and who do they tell it to? They're doing these great things with their girls. Who do they tell? How do they tell that? Well, actually, this works well. Um, one of my first things to do as a volunteer when my daughter got in was I was the troop um, publicity person. Whenever we had an event, I took a picture. And back then, you, the newspapers, it was newspapers, and they wanted a black and white picture. So if you did a black and white picture, you were more likely to get in the newspaper. Mm. That was just the way it went. If you've got like a, a local um, Facebook page, say there's like this is the Vero Beach Facebook page because that's where I live. And when your troop does something fabulous, put a post about it. Put pictures. You know, here's our troop. We are local. We marched in the parade. Here's our girls. We made a buddy bench. Um, you know, things like that. If, if you're, if, if, and that's a super easy one because it's Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. But if you've got a local newspaper, send them articles. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to looking for them. But if this stuff comes across the desk, maybe you'll get one out of five. It's like your experiment. So many, not everything's going to happen. Yeah, but but be persistent. It's, it's persistence, and and that's what we need is we need people to go out and and find the girl in your troop that wants to be the journalist instead of the scientist, you know, or find a volunteer that wants to be a journalist or a mom that wants to do it, and say, okay, your job is to take the pictures 
And with permission, you know, if you're going to put it on Facebook, of course, you know how that works. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, if they do a buddy bench, then maybe you can just show the buddy bench, you know, find out what your counsel allows. I don't want to get anyone into trouble with their counsel. That's totally make sure if, if they go somewhere, wear a uniform, you will get, they will get so much further when, if they're in uniform yeah. and people will respect them more than if they just show up and they just think it's a bunch of kids showing up. It will, it will yeah. bump up their credibility and just Absolutely. let them understand that. It bumps up the credibility if you show up in a uniform. Absolutely. You know, if you go on a trip, it bumps up. People are less likely to look at six girls walking into a place as potentially shoplifters. Um, you know what I'm saying? It, mm -hmm. It's so many things that that uniform is a protection and, and a respect. So if yeah. they're actually trying to get something with adults, that works well, you know. Yeah. But... We used to, this is where the history comes in. For years, everybody had a newspaper and the newspapers would dedicate like one page to club news. So the, all the Boy Scout troops had something in, all the Girl Scout troops had something in, and the Old Ladies Bridge Club had something in, and you know, the Kiwanis Club and everything else. And everybody loved it because they knew what everyone was doing in this small town. Yeah. And it would be a cool thing to try and find a way to get that again. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think it would be okay. good. I, I love um, Facebook communities for that reason because I love hearing what other troops are doing all over the country. I think that's really cool. I love it when GSUSA shares videos about high award projects, whether it's bronze award groups or silver or gold. Obviously, the gold aren't just astounding. I mean, it's incredible. Oh, some of them believe it. Yeah, and I think the Gold Award is really impressive and it's amazing and, and those girls are just incredible. But I think the Bronze Award is really interesting to me because the girls are still so young that I think it's such an unbelievable opportunity with girls in elementary school to be able to identify a problem in their community and work just to have an impact. And then they mm -hmm. do it. And then that's something that for the rest of their lives is going to color their perception of when they see a problem that they could directly impact it. And they're thinking in terms of how could we directly impact that? That's just, I mean, that's one thing that I think is just incredible about the high awards. And I, so, and, and take action projects in general, right? Because now Girl Scouts, that's not just the high awards. It's now in the journeys and everything like that. And a big part of the program. But so Girl Scouts are doing these incredible things. And I, the only way I hear about them is in Facebook groups of Girl Scout volunteers. You know, we've always done incredible things. I mean, we're talking about um, stories. I mean, the Girl Scouts during World War II, they, one of the things they did was they, because the Philippines had been taken over, they still needed life vests. When people fell out of boats, fell out of airplanes, they needed life vests. And it was made from rubber tree, K-pot from rubber tree. Girl Scouts went and collected milkweed pods. And there are actual stories of, of people who owe their lives to Girl Scouts who collected wow milkweed pods because their life vests were made out of milkweed pods because K-pop wasn't available. What a crazy little story, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a take action, you yeah. know? It's incredible. And, and all it took was girls were going on a hike and would pick up this stuff and it was, uh, you know, like their thing after school, we're going to go pick up sack, work on the sack of this. And we've always done take action and that's part of where the history comes in is to know that it's it's a hundred plus years of taking action, you know. Mm -hmm. 
we've always been there. And that's part of what our organization stands for is, is not just doing cookies, but going out, helping our community, taking action, no matter what age you can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And how many adults do we know that don't believe they can make an impact? What is a project or initiative that you are working on right now or recently you just completed? Um, I am actually very active with the Citrus Council archive team. Um, I don't get there as often as I'd like because I'm a two-hour drive away from Orlando. However, we are working very hard on 2020 is going to be where the next convention is in Orlando. And we are hoping to have an up-and-running um, history, interactive history museum by then. So we've got only two to get this together. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it. Um, the other thing we're very good, what we're working very hard on is um, accessioning and cataloging all of the council archives so that people can come in and find these, they can see them, and we do a lot of display work. I take my, I go out when I can and take my stuff out, or if I've been trying to get troops to come here, um, I've had a few come, but I hope again this year to do, we have a very big international thinking day um, event, like six or 700 girls in Volusia County. And I've done it twice and I hope to do it again next year because I have a few boxes of international Girl Scouts scouting stuff too. So, and guides. So yeah, we'll see. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, if people want to learn more about Girl Scout history, what is a good resource that they should check out? First, check and see if your council has anything, because some councils are good, some are not. Um, if you're really interested, help your council. Our history committees all need help, and most of us are old ladies like me. Um, so we need some younger people coming in. Um, the other thing is online. I am not the, there's a couple of us that do memorabilia sites on Facebook. And we answer questions. So if you find, if you go to a thrift store and you find a uniform and you say, when is this from? How is this? We will direct you. Um, we will help you out. There is an online site with a scan of virtually every Girl Scout catalog ever since 1918. Whoa. National also has the collector's guide. If you're looking for a book, the collector's guide is amazing. It came out in 2000, GSUSA. You can generally get one for 20 bucks or less, and it is absolutely fabulous up to the year 2000. Uh, there, is, there is a, um, what was, online uh, Girl Scouts has a list, has pages of every uniform with all the variations up to 2000 as well. And some volunteers have been working on doing the changes since then. Um, I'm involved with the group doing some of the drawings for the pages. So that's kind of, I do very random volunteer work for Girl Scouts. That's really cool. <laughs> that's what, I, I think that's one of the reasons I was really excited to talk to you too, is because I like the idea of getting some volunteers on here that aren't just troop leaders and that, you know, being involved with your troop is one way to volunteer for Girl Scouts and it's a great way. Um, and of course, like your service team is another way to be involved, but there's so many ways to be involved and to stay involved. And I think being able to kind of um, bring that whole community together is a really good opportunity here. 
Well, what I'd like to tell people is I consider myself a troop resource. Because say you're working on a Girl Scout Ways badge and you want to know something at a certain time period and you're looking online or you're saying, how do I find this out? I'm hoping that some people will come across either my Facebook page or, you know, the word gets out and we can do it. Because I keep that both myself and uh, Carol and Amy Alporter, who also have a collection of Girl Scout memorabilia online, we keep our pages girl-friendly. We try and keep politics out of it. Um, and anything like that, because we want them to be used. So that's, that's pretty much the problem, is hopefully National will get a museum back in New York, but there are some councils with big museums and some councils that see no use to history and don't have anything. Caveat, this is the saddest part is, and as a collector, this is really difficult to me. My daughter does not want my collection. I... Mm -hmm. I have two or three councils that would love to have my collection, but when presidents change, when CEOs change, this year's CEO that likes history is not next year's coming in who says, stuff it all in a closet, I need the room for something else, which yeah. makes doctors like me not want to give it away. Absolutely. I can see that. So it's, it's something that GSUSA has to, uh, they have to make people value the history from the top down mm -hmm. or at least to really emphasize a uh, initiative where there is an avenue for people to preserve it so that you know you don't have to you can stay in your lane if you don't want to be involved in it but at least that that's always preserved somewhere and I think you know this organization obviously wouldn't exist today if it weren't for the history, but it, it definitely wouldn't um, look the way it does if it weren't for the amount of years of history and the amount of women who have been affected and, and impacted by this organization. And it's like, gosh, you can't let go of that. <laughs> no, you can't. And, and like I said, the history, it shows so much of what, where we've been, what, what stayed important, what hasn't stayed important. Somebody commented on my website today, I had a 1959 Girl Scout ashtray. Can you imagine Girl Scouts putting their name nowadays on a, an ashtray? No. It was a souvenir from the Rondo. and But it was common because so many people smoked. And, and this is something that if I show girls nowadays, most of them don't even know what it is. Well, that's actually good. <laughs> no, it's a good thing, but at the same time, it's like this, this does show how far we've come, you know, Absolutely. in years, you know, it's yeah. no longer something we want to give out or promote or put our names on. So this is part of having not just uniforms or not just handbooks, part of the really crazy stuff that makes girls go, hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what we're trying to do again is share the history is, is to show the girls some of the crazy things. Um, I have a 1915 captain's handbook. So if you want to run your troop or your girls want to see what it was like to run your troop, when Juliet Lowe started, all the pages are there. Wow. And it's amazing. It was amazing how forward-thinking she was. I mean, she made sure there was an article on, on hygiene. Because in 1912, parents, you, you've got fifth graders, parents didn't talk to their daughters about... yeah periods and menstruation and all that stuff mm -hmm. and Juliet said you in 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 
very clear words for the time without using that said, you need to discuss this with girls. They shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And, and she made a point of it. Yeah. And, and, or scared. Yeah. And can you imagine in 1915, how radical that was? Yeah. She's amazing. I'm amazing woman. (laughs) Oh, but an amazing that she had the support of all the people that she was with who said, you're exactly right. And we're going to work this way. I know. I know. I mean, it's kind of amazing. She wasn't like condemned as a witch or something. <laughs> her, her well, I think it was, it was right on the edge. She, she didn't participate in the suffragette movement, but in, in reality, she, a lot of the things she pushed for mm-hmm. were those other things, mm-hmm. you know, because she had a bared marriage. She had all these things. And, and she said, no girl should ever be in the position where they don't have money. Now they don't have a husband. They need to be able to have, be able to take care of themselves mm-hmm. and to think for themselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So people look back and they say, Oh, well, she's they're talking about making g- people being nurses and secretaries. That was in that day and age, that was as radical as telling girls that you're going to be a Nobel scientist today. Yes. You know, it's, it's like, so, so, so the history is important to be able to put for the girls in perspective. You think this is old fashioned, but in its day, it was every bit as radical as some of the things you're doing now. But that is our tradition. See, that radical exactly. thinking. And, and we just need to let people, let girls understand that. And mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they look at Girl Scouts as old-fashioned. And it's not. I mean, if you look at some of the badges, in the first 16 badges they had, one of them was aviation. 1916 the first flight was in 1903 13 years after the the white brothers got off the ground girl scouts had an aviation badge and no internet (laughs) no internet but as soon as we got internet there were internet badges sure but just meaning my point even being how the spread of information how to spread Mm -hmm. knowledge about aviation and how to find out knowledge to be able to teach other people about aviation at a time where you couldn't watch a youtube video about how you know like that that would be part of what the girl had to do but then again girl scouts were 11 years old and up too Mm -hmm. they weren't you know younger girls so back in those days it was also to some extent easier for you to walk onto an airport and ask somebody well there wasn't exactly too many airports, but you, you, if you were right. really into it. And, and the badge, badges, like they do now, tell you very specifically what to look for. They give you guidelines. All right, well, we are coming up on our time, so I've got to go. But I really appreciate your time, your knowledge, and your um, expertise of, of all of this information is just so valuable. And so I really appreciate your time. Find us online, www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash girlscoutpodcast. And even Instagram at girlscoutpodcast. Are you or is someone you know interested in being on the show? We'd love to have you. Go to our Facebook page to learn more about how. Facebook.com slash girlscoutpodcast. This show and the entirety of its online presence is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. This podcast was completely created and developed by volunteers and girls. 
Don't forget to hit subscribe. We have a ton of great content coming soon.